You know, I've never thought I'd hear myself say this. The older I get, though I may not look, for some of you, I might still be considered a young man. So thank you. For others, you're old. However, the older I get, the more I need to, my body talks to me. The older I get, the more my body talks to me. What I mean by that is there are side effects to actions that sometimes are the result of choices that I make that are, that are that go beyond my natural created ability. I guess if you can say it that way. Um, let me just share. What we, I had uh, the privilege of ministering to the Golden Knights. Now, the Golden Knights are the Army's parachute demonstration team. So th- this last week, uh, they were practicing and they were doing night jumps. Now, it's side note. You all heard about these foreign objects in the sky, right? And so it was interesting there at Homestead. I'm watching these gentlemen jump out of a plane at about 12,000 feet. And you can't see them jump out of the planes except when as they jump, they activate pyrotechnics that are attached to their ankles. And when they come together, they look like a big fireball dropping out of the sky. Well, lo and behold, Channel CBS News was there a couple of mornings later saying, hey, what's going on? I share this all with you because I was up for 24 hours. Beginning of my day and then taking care of, of, of my airmen and, 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 and then eventually providing care for, for the Golden Knights. And I say all of this because the next morning I was dragging. And I remember as a young, younger man, I could pull off all-nighters and be playing ball the next day, not a problem. Gone are those days. And so I'm, <laughs> so the side effects of some of the choices that we make is the result or results in our bodies talking to us, right? And this morning I want to talk about the side effects of Noah. The side effects that we see, you know, it's all implicit in the text. And it's, some of it is explicit, but some of it is implicit. So I invite you to open your Bibles. We're going to continue on. I, I promise you I am not going to tell you the creation, excuse me, the, the, the flood story. I think most of us are familiar with it, but just in case you are not, Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8 and some of chapter 9 describe to us what happens in the period of Earth's history when man chose to follow his own choices. And the side effects of 
that collective group of people's individual choices resulted in God regretting the creation of mankind. Now, I'm not going to get into God regretted creating man. No, that the, if you're stuck on that rabbit hole, I'm going to pull you out. Because, because God loves us. God loves you that he sent his son for you and only you. But the result of this story is written here for us to have a better perspective of who God is in the greater context of the conflict, the, the battle. We call it the great controversy, the battle between good and evil. So when we look at, at chapter 6, we see God communicating to Noah that he was going to destroy the earth through a flood and that he instructs Noah to build this big boat in the middle of a field completely far away and distant from any large body of water. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Would you do it? Chapter 7, then, is the story that how after the animals came two by twos and sevens by sevens, depending on which kind of animal it was, they came in and they filled the ark. And the angel of the Lord closed the door of the ark, and Adam, excuse me, and Noah and his family were safe with the animals inside that ark for over a year. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. They were in, because the Bible tells us that it took about a year after they walked into the ark so the earth was dry enough for vegetation to spring up. You kind of have to read in between the lines. You have to take the cues when you read that story. Go ahead, I challenge you to read it. But there are a couple of things here that stand out to me that last week as we looked at this, I wanted to highlight to you today. The first one is found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, where it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, I mentioned last week that this is the very first time that the word grace is used in the Bible. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 9, it says, Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. We begin to see and, and get a kind of a, a, a small window into how God viewed Noah. Because in the greater context of, of Earth's history, he was going to destroy the world, but yet he found grace because he was a just man, because he walked with God. The other instance before this where we see the exact same verbiage of and he walked with God was with Enoch and he is no more in other words the, he God took him to heaven you know what I find interesting is that Enoch was the first person who didn't die and went straight to heaven before Jesus came to this earth before Jesus died 
I mean, there's so many theological implications for that, but that's for another time. We continue with Noah, and in verse 18 it says, but I will establish my covenant with you. And we saw it last week that the word establish is not in the sense where God is going to start something right there and then, but he's going to continue to honor the covenant that was established prior to this occasion. And we see that as a result of that relationship, God promised, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Up until this point, this is God telling Noah what he's about to do. From verse 19 all the way to verse 21, we have a description of what he's, he's got to build. But at the end of this chapter, in verse 22, it says, Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. If you do a quick study on the, on the times in which the word Noah appears in the Bible, you will notice that Noah appears in several places in the New Testament as well. One of which is in the book of Hebrews, which is pertinent to the story of the flood. And it says that by faith, Noah being divinely warned of the things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. What does it mean to be righteous? Are you a righteous person? Are you somebody that could be put in the same level as Noah? Because Jesus himself said, as in the days of Noah, so it will be in the last days prior to the coming of the Son of Man. The earth will be just as bad as it was before the flood. Mercy is what I say. If the earth is going to be just as bad, before the, sun, the, the second coming of Jesus. How are we supposed to navigate through these waters? Because God isn't going to destroy the earth with the flood again. We talk about his faith. We talk about, and the Bible here is, highlights in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, that is what we call the hall of fame of, of our, the patriarchs, of, of those who had faith, right? And as we begin to see here, so by faith, Noah believed, of being divinely warned of these things, not yet seen. Well, this is Paul writing to the Hebrews, explaining that faith is the belief of that, of things which are what? unseen it is hard 
to walk in the dark. And you know, when you hear the story of, uh, of, of men jumping out of perfectly good airplanes, at night, from the ground, you can't see them. But from the air, you can see the ground. I know because I was in the plane. I saw it. I didn't jump. Not yet. But we look at sometimes at our faith in how we walk with God, and we are looking for signs of tangibility. We're looking for God to show us, here, here's how we ought to move forward. This is the direction we ought to take. This is the door we ought to open. This is the car or house we ought to purchase. We ask for God, excuse me, we ask for God to show us, but when we look at the context of the story of Noah, God said, here's what's going to happen, and it had never happened before. He says, I just want you to move forward. But Lord, it's, it's, there's no ocean. A boat? On the field? I mean, we know from scriptures that it took him 120 years to build the ark. And every day that he chiseled away at that wood, and every day that he hammered on that log, on those logs, it became a testimony of his faith in God. For 120 years, he built a boat without ever seeing rain fall from the sky. And sometimes we question our own faith because we are asking God to show us which direction to go when God has already said, move forward. He's already told you, trust me. Here's the direction I've already outlined for you. But we are still asking, it. Are we really sure we want to move this way? Are we really sure that I need to take that step forward? What guarantees do I have? I mean, that is such a 21st century mindset. Every time we go into a store, here, would, would you like to buy some insurance in case it breaks? Do you want to have, you know, you, you got protection on your car, bumper to bumper for 100,000 miles? for some cars. We look for the guarantees in life when Noah did not have a guarantee except God's word. Now, if you enjoy reading the, the stories in, in Patriarchs and Prophets, Ellen White goes on and she says, had the people repented, God would have not destroyed the earth. And immediately I started thinking about Jonah. Right? God told Jonah the same thing. I'm going to destroy this city. Go and tell them that judgment is coming. Essentially, every time that Noah hammered that, those nails onto those logs and chiseled away at that wood, it was the same indictment of saying, 
judgment is coming. But had they repented, that ark would have served as a testimony of God's mercy. But it still was. You see, Christian faith is not merely passive. It's also active. It does God's will in spite of the fact that we can't see the end from the beginning. Noah couldn't see what was about to happen. He couldn't even fathom of of the type of chaos that was there. Again, Spirit of Prophecy tells us that Satan was bound to the earth at that very moment, and he was scared for his life during this chaos and this chaotic period. But Noah moved forward. Why? Because as Paul defines faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what are some of the side effects of Noah? Easy. The first one, it's a positive one. He saved his household. You know, we look at faith in, in the context that it's great. It's, there's, there will always be a happy ending. At least that's what we've been taught. Or at least that's what we've been trained to see because people will, we have conditioned ourselves to say that Everything will work out. Well, it doesn't always work out. Not in the way we anticipated it. I can tell you for a fact that it didn't work out how God anticipated it the first time. So much so that he regretted creating mankind and he destroyed it. Destroyed the earth and recreated it through Noah. The problem, however, it doesn't matter how much time goes by or how many times God tries to create and recreate. Sin will always be there as a result of the fall with Adam. And it doesn't matter if God destroys the earth and creates it again until something was done in relationship to sin. Until Jesus sent his son. You see, sin will always be present until it is completely destroyed. It doesn't matter how many times it's there. God creates and recreates. Until sin is ultimately destroyed. So the positive side is that he saved. In the midst of that chaotic destruction that covered the entire face of the earth. He saved his household. But what about, is there a negative side? Yes. The side effect is that he condemned the world. Wait, but Noah didn't really condemn the world, did he? He didn't. But his actions did. You see, each time that you and I follow God's command, And I'm not talking about just the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the call to action that he's given every one of us to be different, to stand out, 
stand out not not by what we wear, but by our actions, by our love to one another. Jesus himself said, by this you will know that you are my disciples, that you will love one another. And if if the the days of this earth are going to reflect that of Noah, again, echoing Jesus' words, that love in this world will grow cold. So the, the, the opposite of that is that in order for us to be God's disciples, we have to not just love one another, but people have to see love flow through us. But in the result of our love for our God means that our actions will, re, will be righteous in the sense that it will be antagonistic to that to what the world is doing. That is a condemnation to them. Case in point, how many of you have ever received a reprimand by somebody either in your classroom or colleague, co-worker, or, or neighborhood, or, or so no, don't don't go to so so and so because he doesn't believe he doesn't he, he doesn't do what we do because he believes in Jesus. Or he doesn't he do, he he doesn't do drugs because you know he's he's a Bible thumper. Or he doesn't behave like you know he doesn't go out at night because he he goes to church the next morning. The actions that we do on the outside as a, as a reflection of our faith in God will stand out as a condemnation to the, those who are not believers. That is guaranteed in Scripture throughout. And that's why Christianity is hard. It's because we are going against the grain We are trying to swim up current. We're trying to duck dive a 10-foot wave with a longboard. It just doesn't work. But when you follow God's calling, your actions will stand out as condemnation to the world, as it did with Noah. And you have to be okay with that. You can't just say, well, no, everything will work out. No. You have to be tough. You have to withstand the pressure. You know that old saying, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen? That's not God's plan for you. God's plan is for you to stay in there. Because God didn't deliver Noah from the flood. He delivered Noah through the flood in the ark that God provided. And God has an ark prepared for each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. He's got an ark prepared for you to get you through that flood. But you have to be able to have the guts and the courage to move into the ark. I mentioned this earlier, that godly conduct always stands in the judgment of the wickedness. 
That's why the Bible calls Noah a just man. Because he walked with Jesus. Walking with God means that you're not walking with anybody else. It means that you're not walking. It, it may even call that you not walk with your spouse or your children. And that is not to say that please do not go home and say, Pastor Art told me to divorce you. That is not what I'm saying. It may mean that at some point, what God has asked you to do, the, the ones that are closest to you will not understand. And when they don't understand, it's hard to walk together. Noah walked with God and was saved because of his faith. And that is the kind of walk I want to have with God. Now, that doesn't mean that Noah was a perfect man either. Because he sinned. And the Bible is clear on that in chapter 9. But walking is a metaphor for salvation. When you look at the stories of the patriarchs and they walk with God, usually it's synonymous that they will or are saved. How is your walk with God? Are you walking with him? Or are you walking away from him? The book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says this, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. This is Jesus. This is the standard. And I know that you may be saying, well, Pastor Art, it's impossible for me to walk as Jesus walked because I'm not Jesus. And I, and I would say, you're right, you're not. But you have been granted this Holy Spirit. You have been granted a, a gift from heaven to strengthen you, to encourage you, to advise you, to know which door to open, which door to close which purchase to make or not make, what activities to do or not do. But you can only ignore the Spirit for so long until it stops. I don't believe that the Spirit has stopped with any one of you here because you're here. I believe that the Holy Spirit is still knocking at the doors of your heart, encouraging you to stay strong, encouraging you to look to Him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, though it doesn't matter what you find yourself, what situation you are in right now, the Holy Spirit is still there, knocking at your door. 
reminding you that you walk by faith, not by sight. That is the key to Christianity. That was the key for Noah. I mean, it's hard enough already for us who have been determined to live anywhere between 75 years of age to 80-ish. If you've gone beyond that, God bless you. But for those of us that are not there yet, it's hard enough for us to walk by faith and not by sight, especially in the context of our world today. But when we do, that's why we have a verse like this in chapter 8 of Genesis. Then God remembered and everything and every living thing and all the animals that were within the ark. Now the word remember isn't doesn't have the same connotation here in as it does in the in the English translation. When we talk about remember, we think of a mental assent to something that was given to us or instructed to us to accomplish. So when you have a word that comes up like in Exodus chapter 20 verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's not just something for you, oh, don't forget it. That's not what that's not what the Hebrew word in its context means. It's saying as a result of a covenant already established God remember to continue to honor it by providing a way through it. God remembered Noah. It wasn't that he forgot. It wasn't that in the, so, so much time was passed and God's just chilling in heaven and saying, okay, I know he's there. Hold on. I, I, I'll get to you when I get to you. Oh, 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 yeah. Noah. Okay, now you're going to get out of the ark. That's not what happened. God remembered him because he had already established a covenant. He had reiterated a covenant with him, and we saw that in chapter 6. And God has established a covenant with every one and single one of you that have already publicly manifested yourself in saying, I want to follow Jesus. But at some point along the way, we all have either condemned ourselves by not following through, or have fallen and taken a detour from the things that we have been taught. But that's why God gives us grace. Because no matter where we find ourselves, there's always a road back. And when there's a road back, God remembers it as he did with Noah in the ark, in the storm, and blessed them. Because as soon as the waters receded, the very first blessing that was given to Adam was given to Noah. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You see, remember is an act of upon a previous commitment to a covenant partner. Have you been honoring your covenant with God? Are you 
Are you walking with Him? I want to encourage you this morning. This is not about, this, this is not a message of condemnation. This is not a message of, hey, you better do this or else. It doesn't matter where you've been. When you come back, God will remember you. And he's going to act upon that. He's going to save you. And he's going to restore you. And he's going to bless you. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know where you find yourself in your walk with God. But remember to walk by faith. And not by sight. That is our function. That is our role as Christians. That is what has been asked of us to do. Is to walk in faith and not by sight.